welcome to Gin and Gentlemen with me, Eleanor Hawkstead, bringing the gin. And accompanied by Yoshi, whose saddle is crowded with gentlemen, Catherine Curzon. Uh, why have you brought a Nintendo game character with you today, Catherine? I have brought Yoshi with me today because we're going to be talking about computer games and console games and gaming in general. Indeed we are. And why, why is this something that we're going to, going to talk about? And we're going to talk about it because if anyone heard our podcast on the delights of the bargain supermarket, um, what you didn't hear was a whole diversion in which we talked about games, games of our youth. Indeed. And it, we decided we'd do a whole podcast about it because otherwise it would have been a very strange and conflicted podcast about shopping that you heard. Exactly. And we only ended up talking about it because because we were talking about corner shops and paperboys and then and then ended up segueing <laughs> into the classic computer game, Paperboy. Brilliant um, game. So so starting off with the very, very first computer console that you ever had. My one was actually my parents' one. It was a binatone and it was made from wood effect plastic mm. <laughs> because it came from the 70s sort of like made to look like teak yes but not teak the only games on it was basically like a ball that just went dop 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 dong dop yes yeah later bong. immortalized bong. as bong by for atari and you could you could, for a bit of excitement you could make the paddles a bit smaller <laughs> i remember playing pong with my friend um Jackie, I won't say a full name because she might not want me to. And we would play Pong for literally hours. And at the time, we were kind of like, "Ah, oh, so much computing might, oh, yes. so like, much power." <laughs> and because you had an Atari as well, it was like being in a film. It was like being one of the Goonies or something. Although Goonies was a bit later, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But my, I never had um, an Atari console. I wanted one really badly. But my first computer was a Spectrum forty-eight K. Ooh. Remember the little tiny spectrum with the rubber keys? Oh yes, yes. Didn't the letters were actually they were like plastic stuck, like like a like a sticker stuck on? And if you got sweaty fingers playing a game, you'd just lose the you lose the keys on them. Oh, that never happened to me. Were they like a transfer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that never happened to me. I I'll did blame know my that brother if you lifted that. the sort of fascia off the top. What fascinated mm. me as a child was that it was just one big sheet of rubber with the keys on it because oh, in yes. my head as a child I thought they were like little individual tiny pieces of rubber but they weren't they were massive one massive piece so yes we had that and we used to play a game called Jungle Trouble Jungle Trouble which was a classic platformer where you had a little guy and you had to get him from basically up three levels and the first level was jump over some stepping stones and there were alligators in the bottom and I will mm. never forget this you had to hit the button six just at the right moment for him to jump and <laughs> if you missed it he fell in and because there was no retreat no surrender you didn't save your progress you got three lives and if you got killed you went all the way back to the start oh. this was genius someone needs to revive this you had to chop down some trees and like go, I chopped down the trees, and as the trees fell, first had to stop them squishing you, and then you had to get to the end of that platform. But there were monkeys, and oh. the monkeys used to sit at the bottom and scratch their heads. And when they scratched their heads, it meant they were going to come and try and get you. Oh and no! You had to run all the way back to the start of that platform, and go down the ladder, because again, if the monkey came up and you hadn't got down the ladder, it killed you, and oh, you couldn't no. go anywhere. There was nowhere because you, you couldn't run towards the tree because you hit the tree and stayed there. Oh, and no. basically, as a child, it was like 
you know as a child that you get into like a perpetual state of terror yes you were like constantly with the monkeys like it's gonna kill me and i remember my dad because the last level was jump over a pit of fire which was actually really easy compared to the other two and my dad did it and we were all like he's superman <laughs> yeah. but these horrible little monkey sprites scratching oh. their heads for those for those of you who are um younger than us who might not know that a spectrum 48k that literally meant 48k it was yeah 48 kilobytes you know, of memory yeah see now i mean i you know i sent somebody something by we transfer the day that was like gigabytes of stuff but no yeah. this was this was just twit and and the best thing of it as well was it used a cassette machine. And, <laughs> and you I had to did... have your volume on your cassette machine just right or the games wouldn't load. Yes. I put Kylie enjoy myself. <laughs> to the... Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself, herself. Anyway. No, enjoy yourself. Trust me. I enjoy know. yourself. I put that cassette in my in the computer just to see it? what would happen and nothing happened. Nothing so. happened. And the worst thing is as well that some games, I had an amazing game or in my head it was called Contact Sam Cruise where you played a private eye. And oh. it took ages to load. But sometimes <laughs> you waited for ages and when it finished it hadn't it didn't load. It just went back to the cursor screen. Oh no. And you'd be almost like throwing your computer or your cassette player out the window <laughs> because you'd waited and waited and waited and it makes this horrible noise you remember that loading noise oh yes like a fax yes and you had time to do all sorts of stuff and then you go back you're like games loaded and either it wasn't loaded or horror of horrors it had chewed up the tape oh but yes. this did mean of course there was not that we would endorse it there was a hearty trade in illegal games because you could pirate a game by literally just putting it in a double cassette player and recording it. And there was, you know, as a, you know, I was very small, so obviously I wasn't doing this, obviously. <laughs> but you could just pirate a game by recording it in a cassette player, which is insane when you think about it. That that is ridiculous. It's mm. so it's so retro, it's kind of unbelievably retro thinking mm. about, you know, I can download a game mm. now. What? What? We and cassettes. nowadays, of course, people will have gaming cons gaming PCs costing thousands of pounds and they'll download onto them a spectrum emulator so they oh, can wow. play all those spectrum games and i've you know i've done that myself but then you think wait a minute we've got all this computing hardware yeah. but i want to play jungle trouble again. in fact no i don't because that's a stuff in nightmares but i want to <laughs> play like contact sam cruise or school days all over again because these thousands of pounds worth of gaming hardware must be used for that see i i got my spectrum 48k from my cousin mm. and he he had um Oh my goodness me! It was it was one of those. Um, it was a Lord of the Rings. Um, was it called? Is it a role playing game? Oh, was have... it one where you typed it in? Yeah. Was it the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings? It was Lord of the Rings, and the, and the thing was, he he gave me the Lord of the Rings book to go with it, and I was I was eleven, and I was just <laughs> like, I was like, Am I, do I have to read all of that to be able to play this game? And it was always like, ask the ask the dwarf a question. Hello, is, is your name Fred? You know? And you and have I... to phrase it exactly right for the computer to understand as well. So you might yeah. put, pick up cup, but the computer wanted you to say it was get cup. Yes. So you And you'd be like, pick up cup, I don't understand. Oh, no, and, then, and then you start writing abuse. Oh, you an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and also, have you ever played the Hobbit version of that, though, the text game? No. <laughs> if you ever played that, everybody that played the Hobbit, and if you're listening to this and you ever played it, and I don't mean any new version, I mean the text-based game, there was always a bit where it would say, something drops from above and stings you, you are dead. 
and you never had any clue. I still don't know now how you avoided that fate. Oh, no. I just don't know. And the funny thing is, I actually downloaded it to my emulator, and it happened to me again. Oh, no. And so I went and I read a walkthrough that someone had prepared. <laughs> and it was, you know, I don't know which bit would have avoided the something dropped from above bit, which bit in that walkthrough. But some of the stuff you were like, how would anyone ever have known to put that in? That's that's mean, isn't it? And it's also like nowadays, if you don't pick something up, like I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 at the moment. And it's huge. It's vast. You can play for hundreds of hours and barely touch it. But there's nothing. If you if you're doing a mission and you specifically need something for that mission, the game will give it to you. So say mm. you specifically need a letter. The game yeah. will give you the letter and it will not let you put the letter down. But in those, if at, say, screen four, you didn't pick up the letter, yeah. the game would let you get all the way to screen 200 <laughs> and then go, you didn't pick up the letter and you can't go back for it, so you're dead. Yeah, that's, that's just mean, isn't it? And again, without a save point. So yeah. you really are dead. You're all the way back and you better remember not to get stung on the head. Yeah, so that entire that entire day of your yeah. half term holiday gone, <laughs> absolutely gone. I, I'm doing my homework, honest. Gone and, up in flames. No. So after the excitement of the Spectrum 48K, um, there was the Atari. Actually, do you know what I just remembered? What? I had a Spectrum 128K in between, <gasps> and that came. And I tell you, I remember because it came with an onboard cassette player, so you didn't have to plug a separate one in. Oh, do you know how jealous I was of people with onboard and cassette players? it had a light gun. Oh, my goodness. And I broke my wrist. I fell off a horse and I broke my wrist. And my wrist was in a part, which made playing light gun amazing because your wrist was so, like, rigid <laughs> that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't mess your aim because your wrist was just rigid. I rested my wrist. And I had a horrible, you'll remember this, Eleanor, these sorts of things, black ash and black chrome desk. Do you Ooh. remember that kind of thing from the 80s? Everything was black and or white melamine. Oh, yes. And I just rested my wrist on my black ash desk <laughs> and went to town with my light gun, even though I was told, like, don't do that, because if your bone set's wrong, it'll always be wrong. But I think that was just my gram being a bit worrisome. <laughs> so, yes, so I had that in between. And really, the games were just next-level specky games. Yeah. That's probably where I had contact Sam Cruise, actually. Yeah. It's interesting though how how much detail there was in some of those games. Bearing in mind mm. it's a computer with not very much memory mm. and a cassette. <laughs> mm. And then I had a Commodore, which I had for a while, but none of the games were really that great. And then, as you say, onto the the Atari ST, I think is the one I had. Mm. I, I, think. I can't remember the exact model, but it was it was it was beige like a mushroom. Yes. Yeah, yes, I, I thought it was, it was mushroom coloured as well, or it was like strangely mushroomy. I bet it was an ST. I bet it was. Yes. I think that shops like Dixon's had them on like special offer. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember where you go in and get like my Spectrum One Two Eight came out. It's just a box, and mm. in it you had like games, and you you got everything you needed though, didn't you? you got like joystick and a light gun, and you know the Atari came. It was a it was a three point five inch disc, wasn't it? Rather than a cassette. Yes. Yes, yes. Then you really felt like you'd gone up in the world yeah, after now a cassette. We're seriously computing now. We've got little <laughs> tiny plastic disc. I'm and now looking at the Atari ST online. It's bringing back memories. Oh, oh, look at it! Huge thing. I remember seeing the modem socket on the back of ours and going, yeah. "Dad, Dad, Dad, can we can we put the phone cable in there and we can like no talk way. to people over the computer?" And my dad went, "No, no. absolutely not." <laughs> 
No but way. that was me. I was I was thinking of the internet before it existed. So, well, and remembering general people. the Atari, I will say the keys on it. I'm a fan of a mechanical keyboard. I love a click, you know, click, click, click keyboard. Yeah. And the keys on that were so satisfying to press. Oh yes. Like so sad. You know, I've got um, I've got Apple now, and they make a big deal out of these keys. But it's mm. like, but these aren't the keys I want. I want, and you can buy separate keyboards. But mm. I've spent enough on the computer. I'm not shelling out for a keyboard. I'll use the one that comes with it. You know I mean? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Keys that just make that lovely noise. Oh, yes. Oh, you feel a little bit of resistance when you push them down. I, I used to, um, I, I wrote my first ever novel on one of them. Mm. Or typed it up from my neat handwriting. On a lovely clicky keyboard. <laughs> and then and then printed it off on our printer. Because this is this is before the days of having umpteen different fonts. Um, you, you, had, you, could, you had to select the font on the printer. Mm. So you had like an italic print, like an italic one, sans serif, or like a or a serif, mm. and I think that was it. <laughs> we had a printer for the for, for the forty eight k, and it was a thermal printer. It was very very small, mm. and it took rolls of you know like rolls of paper like you print a receipt on. Oh yes, and it printed onto that like it was like silver backed paper, and like my dad was like, you can't use it because it costs so much money for the paper. <laughs> so you can only use it for really specific things and my dad used to also program games into the spectrum and you know it would take like weeks to program one literally mm. but it would take days to program one in some and he programmed one in called Moonlander. they got a spectrum magazine <laughs> and because it was too long for him to do one go we had to leave the computer on overnight because we couldn't turn it off oh no once it was finished you could save it but there was a, if it didn't work, it meant that somewhere in these great long lines of code you made a typo and um, my friend had a bbc micro and her dad mm. was like typing up the code for this game and halfway through there was a power cut and oh. he was like he, he actually literally went get the generator out of the shirt if it's gone it's gone <laughs> too late yeah you've they lost had a, bbc had a lovely keyboard as well very pleasing keyboard oh focus <laughs> and everybody will remember i'm sure oregon trail oregon trail i've oregon heard trail? i've seen i've seen it pop up as a constant internet meme for... you never you must have played it at primary school I think I might have done, yeah. You always died of dysentery, whatever you did. Everyone dies. Oh, you die. <laughs> Apparently, there was an ending where you didn't die, but oh, well. nobody seems to have got it. Like, we all died on the Oregon Trail. There was one we played at school that we had to do for history, and it was, it was about Ironbridge in um, Shropshire. Ooh, <laughs> Ironbridge <How>? the game. <laughs> I know, Ironbridge the game. I know, it was, like, it was something about you, you work in the smelting factory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so God, yes! Did you, yes! did you have to do that? <laughs> Because I always wanted to play this one called Granny's Garden that was for the BBC. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. Yes. And we always wanted to play that, but it was like you're playing Oregon Trail or you're playing Iron Bridge. Yeah, you're doing Iron Bridge. But Atari. And our mushroom coloured Ataris. <laughs> and it had, do you remember, they had like diagonally slanted function keys? Oh, it was yeah. like design aesthetic. Oh, very nice, yeah. Very, nice. It was very like, of its time, wasn't like, it? Made it look like it was moving really fast. And also, at that point, the monitors, they're not computer monitors. They oh, are bedroom tellies. Yeah, portable telly. <laughs> Little portable telly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Who, You know, how much money would you have to have for computers? It's not war games. We're not Matthew Broderick. No. You have to have a lot of money. And in fact, with, with, with the Spectrum, we were playing it on a 1970s black and white telly. So were we at first. Um, Excuse me. Sorry, anyone listening to this, it's, I'm not yawning because I'm rude. I'm yawning because it's much later than you think it. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we had it on a little black and white. Do you remember Pi? Electronic? Yeah, I think yeah. ours was the Pi. 
a pie. And then I remember, this is a funny thing, I remember coming home from work, work school one day, <laughs> and my dad saying, oh, we've got something to show you. And they bought us a, a colour TV for the bedroom. Oh. And it was like, oh, my God. Most exciting thing ever. Yeah, cause I, I remember we went went to a, we had a black and white telly in the kitchen and a colour telly in the lounge, but we were very rarely allowed into the lounge. It had oh. to be a special occasion for us to be allowed in there. So we always watched telly on the black and white one in the kitchen, and then I and then one day I was watching the te- and it was like, oh, Daddy, the television's colour. So he'd, they'd finally got a t- colour telly. In I the very very vaguely remember the pie being in the kitchen, but that mm. was only used when it was in the kitchen because my mum loves Wimbledon. So she watched Wimbledon on it when she was doing stuff, but that was when it was our only time it was on. Otherwise, it was colour all the way. I don't remember us having a black and white TV in the living room at all. I mean, obviously no. we would have done, but clearly I don't remember it. See, see now everyone the the very idea that you could go in a shop and go, those are the black and white tellies, those are the colours. There are still there are more black and white TVs than you think still in circulation, and I oh, know goodness. this. I was reading something a couple of weeks ago about TV licences. Mm. And it said they still issue X number. And I can't remember how many it was. Um, but I was surprised it was as many as it was. Gosh. And I suppose they must have all been... Oh, there you go, 28,000. 28,000. They didn't all have to sort out when they changed the signal. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Gosh. I thought or, that was quite interesting. Or it's that thing of just self-reporting. Yes, it's black and white. And if, and, and if the TV detector van comes around, you just change the setting. Yes. Which, which famously the TV it's a black and white flat screen had nothing doesn't exist it. had nothing in it it was just an empty van that's just wrong yeah. <laughs> that's mind games that's cruel mm. oh hang on in 2018 that number has dropped to 7,000 in 2018 but it's still quite a lot that is it? still a lot that's a lot of bedroom tellies yeah and I'm assuming that is the right figure mm. because it's on the TV licensing website so I'm assuming that's right how odd. Mm, I find that quite interesting. I wonder if everything looks automatically classier. Maybe it does. It all looks like French films. Mm. All Apparently, like... County Antrim has the most. Mm. There are 165 in County Antrim. County Antrim? And that, this is interesting. There are also significant numbers in four of the Northern Irish counties. So there, there you go. Mm. There yeah, everything looks more classy. <laughs> you probably switch the subtitles on as well so you can pretend it is like a French new wave film or something yeah. <laughs> yeah, just turn off the sound put the subs on and watch it black and white and suddenly everything is Truffaut isn't that Die Hard? no 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 no, no, no it's existential <laughs> it's existential Die Hard that's Paris <laughs> yeah yeah just see it through my eyes it's, it's Jean-Paul Belmondo he just went down the gym yeah for sure I mean he's wearing a vest that looks quite yeah. French <laughs> very French in his vest so we had what games did we have on our Ataris <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, where to start? Me and my brother used to play um, computer games together, and we really enjoyed playing Live and Let Die. It was brilliant. Which is, you know, when you da, think da, of the film Live and da, 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 Die, da, da. isn't there all like loads of like voodoo stuff in it? And, yeah. And the and the game is basically he's just he's just in a speedboat. Yeah, driving level speedboat. Collect level. petrol and avoid bombs. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no voodoo in it at all. <laughs> No, and you didn't even get to go like over a massive ramp. There was no ramp moment with a, a comedy chef, a chef, comedy <laughs> sheriff shouting at you. No, I remember quite far into the game, there was one of these bits with the ramp where you had to go in the air and then you had to you had to turn right in in mid air. Yes, there was a bend in the river. Yeah, and when you when you when you figured that out, you were like, I am the king of computer games now. And I don't recall if it was for that. 
But you'll remember that by this point, we're starting to leave behind the world of not being able to save. Yeah. In that you now quite often, rather than you couldn't really save, although some games you could, but I wouldn't, I seem to recall that was more in the console era. But mm. what you got was a code. Yes. And if you put in the code, it would take you back to that sort of level. But you had to put it in, like it would usually be um, a, a numerical and alphabetical code. Mm. But if you wrote it down, or if you noted it down wrong in your jotter, oh, so it was close to you. Write it down in your copy yeah. books now. <laughs> and I remember, even like in the SNES era, there was a great game called, um, I think it was Zombies Ate My Neighbor, I think it was, which was great fun. It's, it's like a 1950s zombie film. But it's done for laughs. It's cartoony. Everything's really cartoony. And in that, you would have literally, like, each level had its own code. And there were hundreds of levels, it felt like. And I remember playing it and the whole back of the manual just being great long lists of tiny spidery handwriting because you had that many you had to write down. Oh, no. Yeah. And you had to try and remember which was your favourite code because your favourite level. Because you might have a level you want to... Because that was really... I'd love to play that again because it was really hyper-designed. So they were, like, aliens. I'd like You know, like, their brains on the outside. And they're oh, all wow. done to look like Invasion of the Sorcermen and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. That and if you good. wanted to play your favourite level again, you needed to know the code for it. <laughs> oh, I tell you, the number of times you spent just keying in code going, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. <laughs> and then, then there was the, talking of film time games, there was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. And do you know, because I played that game so often, I was, in, I was at a pub quiz recently and it was, it was libraries in films. And mm. I picked out the one for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade because it was, because I was like, I recognised it from the game. <laughs> do you know, I'm quite controversial with Indiana Jones in terms of films because my favourite is Temple of Doom. Ooh. And the game of Temple of Doom was brilliant. Well, oh, it, had, it had some stuff in that you're like, well, you would not put this in a game now like free children from cages where they're being kept as slaves. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, it's not very child friendly, is it? Rip the man's heart out and throw yeah, rip the man, rip Molaram's heart out and give him a taste of his own medicine. Eat some chilled monkey brains. So this was the gay- days as well where you could go and buy a game for one ninety nine in, say, John Menzies, oh. if you remember John Menzies. Yes. And I remember buying Ghostbusters for the Spectrum from um, Debenhams, of all places. Debenhams. And it was nine ninety nine, which was, you know, can you imagine? I was like, eight, nine ninety nine is... That's a lot of money then. It was, and the sort of money you cannot imagine. And I remember me and my sister like begging my dad, and in the end he was like, you can, but it's going towards your Christmas present. <laughs> but I'll let you have it and you can play it. <laughs> can have it now yeah 9.99 that was a huge amount of money back then oh was, was it a good i think i vaguely remember the oh, it's brilliant it was absolutely because you got to even like you bought your vehicle and you you know kitted out your vehicle and you drive and you got like a big map of new york it's not, not the big as you think it is now but it'd be like <laughs> something would flash with a ghost and it'd be like oh I'll go there and catch that ghost oh, and that all the ghosts were like generic slimer ghosts but it was brilliant oh wow it was absolutely brilliant Bearing in mind, Paperboy was was um, mm. <laughs> what sparked off our conversation mm. about computer games before. Again, a weirdly addictive game. It's bro- fantastic. I keep saying brilliant because everything is brilliant. It's brilliant. So he's just going northeast up the road. Do you know what I think it is? And I, you know, you don't, but I still game now. Mm. And. What I think that those games were that we don't have now is they were actually just really simple to Definitely. pick up and play. So if you weren't a gamer, as it was, such a thing was at the time, mm. you could just pick it up and play it. 
And I think that's why mobile games, you know, things like Candy Crush. Yeah. That have made vast amounts of money. And I know people that play Candy Crush that wouldn't dream of plugging in a console. Mm. Because it's something that is pretty simple to grasp. Yeah. And you can just pick it up and play it. Whereas something like, say, Red Dead Redemption, there's there's a learning curve that's not that steep, probably if you game a fair bit. Mm. But if you don't, I can imagine the amount of time it would take you to learn it. You'd just be like, oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a lot to learn if you're not devote, willing to devote. And I speak somebody devoted probably hundreds of hours of their life to Elder Scrolls games. It's, it's almost that thing of huge like, amount what of time. Does this button do, and and then you've got to do like a combination of buttons, and I'm just like, oh no, this is, no, see that's complicated now. <laughs> yeah, and as someone who does game, that when you see like when you're trying to teach like your spouse, say, you want to almost lean over and slap their hand away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like not that one. No, not muscle that. memory, in it, I think because if I've not played a game for a bit, for the first few, first probably twenty minutes of playing it, I'm always terrible because I can't remember where anything goes. But once oh. your hand gets used to the controls again for that game, you're on it. Mm. Mm. But there's a huge amount, I think, to them. Because if you think as well, everything now does... Like, that's a good example of Dead Redemption. So if you're on foot, it does one thing. If you're on a horse, it does another. If you're in a carriage, it does something else. And it's actually quite a lot to remember. Mm. And, I, you know, I'm constantly taking out my gun in towns when I haven't played it for a bit and getting run out of town where I'm like, no, no, it was an accident. I thought I was, like, getting on my horse. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so but whereas when you were playing the old, like all the old computer games, yeah. it would just be like up button, up, down, down left, button, right, left and right, return and spacebar. That's it. That's all yeah, you need. They were easy to pick up and play, but they were very hard to do. Look at something mm. like you know, like Manic Miner. Oh yeah, Manic Miner with that soundtrack that was just like, yeah, it's like so panicky playing it. <laughs> and yet, there's a reason. I, again, these games endure that people now would play them on high-end pcs we play manic minor you know things like that because they're great they are are. there there was a game on the on the atari i remember that was Mm. pipes oh i loved i still play that sometimes i i I was i was obsessed with that game i love so satisfying yes very satisfying yeah and in case anyone doesn't know what pipes is please be our guest oh wait yes it's not pipes as in um ghost Ghost watch Watch. (laughs) it's literally pipes and yeah, it's, you've got pipe you've, it's like a sort of grid mm-hmm. and you've got to you're given um different shaped pipes and you've got to connect them and obviously then you want you can only get another shape if you take one of the the, the pipes and put it plug it into your thing and you've got to kind of plumb a thing all the way around because well you've got that... kind of water co- gonna come in at one end and it's got to get to out yes. at the other end basically yeah, and because my dad was a builder and used to work with plumbers, if we played it, he'd come in and start giving us dad advice. No, like no, proper you, plumbing advice. You don't want to put that there. And it, what about the gravity? What you got to? It's like dad, yeah. it's not real plumbing. No, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a game. And you'll remember, I'm sure, when um, another game very easy to play and very cannily bundled with every Game Boy, Tetris. Oh yes, and still to this day, a game that is an absolute joy to play. Yes, and takes a moment to learn, a lifetime to master. Yeah, and and there's been there's been um, studies done about Mm. people playing it who have better spatial awareness Mm. and things like that, and that that people and I don't know if you've ever had this, people were dreaming in Tetris. My mum used to play the Postman Pat game, (laughs) where you had to drive around delivering letters and herding sheep. And she once like dreamed of. She said, "No, she was 
cleaning the bathroom, which got a white tiled wall, and she said she started like imagining the sheep because it was a tiled grid on the tiles, and she was like, "Oh, I played it too." Much. Oh no! Because yeah, I remember I was um, I played a lot of um, Mario, and I was in the car with my dad, and he was and he was like he, he wanted to overtake the car in front, and he couldn't. And 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 in my head, I very nearly said to him, "You could like shell. jump, just jump on him," yeah. <laughs> because I got I got so into that into that mm. world, which is slightly worrying. But no, <laughs> no. A, do you know that happened to me last year? It might be very early this year. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption Two. And I was walking Pippa with my husband. Um, I don't say my husband because he's been on the podcast with Rick. And <laughs> a squirrel ran up a tree in front of us. And I went, look how well, rin- how well rendered that squirrel is. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, because it's a real squirrel in real life. It's not a squirrel in Red Dead Redemption 2 that someone has keyed in. It's an actual squirrel. <laughs> and that was the point. I thought I probably do need to take like a night off that it's a bit like when you're writing there isn't it if something's going really nicely you've got this lovely this lovely and then and then you have to remind yourself that the characters aren't real yeah that the world they live in isn't real either it's yeah it's, or that that squirrel was real or was the it squirrel was real was it just messing with me i just don't know <laughs> i just don't know but then again, would go, there's, there's a paper boy duck he's going yeah. to throw a paper look out there's a wheel running towards you who yeah. lets a tire just run down control. the street who who in their right mind lets a tire just roll like that? You get sued nowadays. And every time Jessica's it starts with that, that thing. Oh yes, Well, I will tell you that the first time I played that was we went to Disney World and the hotel we were in, not at Disney World, but it was a Florida one. And the hotel we were in had Paperboy, and to me, I was like, "What is this?" But you, it was an actual set of handlebars and a brake to control it, like full size. So. It was just, it was, and because it was in America as well, you were like, this must be like the height of modernity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't get more technologically advanced than Paperboy. I know. <laughs> and I still love it. It's a great game. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Do you remember Frogger? Of course. Yes. Legendary game. Frogger as well. I don't know if you watched Seinfeld. Oh, I don't watch it, but I've heard no, about it. There was that. a brilliant homage to Frogger in Seinfeld where George was trying to get a Frogger machine across like a busy road. <laughs> and it was filmed from above, so it did look exactly like it. Oh, I loved Frogger. I was quite good at Frogger. I was, I was quite good. It's that moment, isn't it, when you figure out the internal logic of the game mm. and then you go, ah, mm. oh, I know what Well, to do now. you know this, but I went to the RAF Coningsby Open Day mm-hmm. when I was very young and I was probably about 10. And I played, they, they had a Pac Man challenge where you put money and you play Pac Man, it was for charity. And mm. not only did I get the highest score, I got the highest score that had ever been recorded at the RAF Coningsby Pac Man challenge. And there <laughs> well, were like loads of like boy gamers waiting to go on. And I'm like, just I was just owning Pac-Man. I was always really, really good at Pac-Man, like because people tend to panic with Pac-Man. That's true. When you go, but you oh, can't no, afford to panic. Yes, you can't afford to panic. You just have to like, you know, be in the zone. Be in the zone. Be in the zone. And I was so proud. It was a feat I repeated at the the Town Mill Pub in Mansfield, Nottinghamshire. I held the highest score on their um, pinball machine for many years. Until, alas, it was removed from the... I should have asked for it, shouldn't I? should have asked him for the pinball machine, like Roger Daltrey. (laughs) I remember playing on a game on Brighton Pier, and Mm. it was like, I think it was like Time Crisis 2 or something like that. And it was one of those ones where you you, you actually have to stand there with with the light gun thing. Yes. 
and we and I was getting very into it, and then and then all these kids came and started watching. Going, oh wow, look! Look, and when the kids start doing that, you feel like yes, I am. I yeah. am the amazing gamer. I'm not obviously. I feel but... like Alan Partridge, King of Anglia. I was, yeah, I was I was standing sideways on at, yeah. with with my hand on my hip shooting. <laughs> yeah. I I love to game. I still do now. I absolutely love it. I just love it. I find it relaxing. I find it great after a, not so much now I work myself but when I worked in an office. If you'd had a stressful day because mm. obviously, you know, you can't you can't go full Grand Theft Auto on your work colleagues. No. But you can load up Grand Theft Auto and go full Grand Theft Auto instead. Yeah. Or something like, you know, like I say Elder Scrolls, like stick in oblivion and kill like kill a dragon. Pretend it's your yeah. boss. Drive around Miami listening to eighties music. Yes. Yes, listening <laughs> to I'll ne- whenever now, because I listen to, you know I listen to a lot of eighties music. That whenever yeah. a Japanese boy comes on my oh, yes. um comes on my iPod. I still expect it to go flash FM because <laughs> I'm so keyed into that. And as an 80s child, so much of that soundtrack is the soundtrack to my childhood anyway. Yeah. So that game, you know, I don't think Grand Theft Auto has ever bettered that. No. I, I genuinely don't. When you think like the very first Grand Theft Auto was no. like, Top it, was, it was almost a bit like Frogger actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Cause it was an aerial view. <laughs> yeah. It was just, there's just something, it was Grand Theft Auto Vice City, wasn't it? And it was essentially yeah. Miami Vice. Yeah, and obviously we've moved on now from Atari's and Spectrum. Um, and I think I had that for the PlayStation. Ah, right. Place, yeah, PlayStation Two. Yes, because I I bought a PlayStation Two specifically to play that. Can you believe that? Oh God! And it came in a bundle, and I got that and the James Bond game because old habits die hard. <laughs> but just played it for hours, and it was you know Grand Theft Auto, rightly or wrongly, has a certain reputation for being a bit bloodthirsty. Mm. Um, but that one had such a massive sense of humour. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having played them all, they've lost that sense of humour now. That mm. this is still they still have a silliness to them. But mm. you don't get the sense of mad fun. Like you don't feel like you're in an episode of Miami Vice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just thinking, do you remember Duke Nukem? Yes, I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, created one... a hell of a storm when that came out didn't it because of the strippers and all of that yeah I, mean, I just remember thinking it was quite funny that you just mm. pressed the space bar and you threw money at the women yeah. on the poles and they just sort of wiggled do you remember um doom <laughs> yes yeah that was so good but then there was that weird thing wasn't there that you, there was a screensaver that people would have on their, their um, windows pcs mm. and it looked a bit like doom because it was mm. going through this like like brick yeah. um, maze and then I, and I played i played doom a lot and then and then suddenly i thought i thought that someone was going to appear no it's all right <laughs> it's just a screen you know one of the biggest gaming disappointments of recent years was a game called um duke nukem forever oh yeah and there was a huge you know we waited years and years and years for it to come out mm. and it was always almost there it was almost there so, and then it came out and it was probably the biggest disappointment that i mm. can think of in gaming because you know when luckily i hadn't bought it i played somebody else's <laughs> but you know when something it's just because it took so long you thought it would be perfect yeah, and then it appeared, and it wasn't. It was just. Uh, it's not anything even like as good as the original. That's a it's shame. just a damp squib. Boo. A squib, and also the same sort of thing with Fable Three because I love Fable games. I think you would have liked Fable. Mm. Great sense of humor, set in a fantasy world, but a big sense of humor. Everyone's got there's a lot of 
you'll appreciate this where you live lots of like um local like dialect there was a lot of brummy accents in it, a lot of essex accents it felt like an english <laughs> game you know yeah. but it was another one of those that when they were planning fable three there was this huge thing that every choice you make will have a consequence oh, and no. it's going to have a real sense of morality but in actual fact it didn't have any of that and it felt really really rushed and there was 75% of the game was fantastic and then the last 25% was just like blinking you missed it that's not good it's not good and it, I remember playing it and knowing because of reputation that it had not reviewed well and then Ooh. getting to that point and almost knowing bef- you knew when the point came without knowing that was the exact point if you know what I mean like the game mm. changed Ooh. and yeah, it's still a fun game that I play up to that point and then switch it off yeah. I remember I had Duke Nukem because at the time I worked at a computer games mm. company, which sounds incredibly exciting. And people would think, does that mean you just spend all day playing computer games? It meant I worked on the switchboard. So. Do you know, actually, I used <laughs> to work in a university department affiliated to a games design company. Uh-huh. And even the people that interned with the games design company, they spent a lot of time doing extremely complex maths and things like that. Oh, gosh. Rather than playing games, you know, like to get the games to actually work. Yeah. You know, what, what happened was that the, somebody, there was a, a, one of the sales teams, uh, they went to some dinner and they won a prize. And what they won was this giant, um, which wasn't that big, sorry, I say giant, um, they brought, they got a fiberglass figure mm. of Lara Croft, which they, they had one of those in our game studio as well. They stood her in the reception area mm. of the um, of, of the company, um, but the trouble was nobody dusted her. And mm. one of the directors came through the reception one day and absolutely just was like, "Who's been touching this? What's been going on?" And and what we noticed was that there were two perfect handprints oh. over her bosoms. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, who, did you see who did this? It's like um, no. <laughs> Who grabbed this figure's boobs? You know, you've got this computer game character who's like got these sort of famously Barbie-esque sort of features. Mm. They were very. You know, if you ever saw the original iteration of Lara Croft, they were extremely sharp. Really? Yeah, because she was all polygons. They hadn't yet learned how to smooth them. Oh yes, yeah, yes. So she was all polygons. And I stood next to it, and it, it, I was the, I was the same height as it, mm. but her legs came straight up to my navel. So yeah, you know, yeah, missing out some important bits and bobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she has been of course somewhat um i've never been a big tomb raider fan just since i don't know why i've played quite a lot of them but i never it didn't grab me no but the she's now got you know she's hopefully i think a much more realistically proportioned figure yeah and i think it's a bit more effort gone into actually characterization mm. as far as i know and as i say i've not played them properly for years but i do know that the latest Tomb Raider game came out, everyone was like, oh, it's 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 more than just, the, if you like, the celebrated figure, as we'll say, <laughs> that she made Lara Croft so famous in the day. If you think about it, we were talking about Tetris earlier, and that, that mm. the music on that got turned into a top... It got into the charts. Hit, didn't yeah. it? And then, and then Lara Croft became, became a film, so it's this kind of potential of crossover between computer games and, and mm. things. Have you seen Super Mario Brothers? Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> I saw it on this, and I shouldn't admit to this, should I? It was, it. it was it was a version that came off the back of a lorry, and it was so bad. And I was going, what is the point of this? Because I can't actually see it. I watched the film, and it was just murky. Oh, no, I thought you meant it was bad. I mean, it's bad anyway. Yeah, so that, just, that was even worse. I was just like, this yeah. is the most terrible thing I've ever seen. It's a bad film <laughs> I can't anyway. even see it. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, it's not a good film. It's funny, because I think gaming now is the biggest, in terms of money-making, it's the most profitable industry entertainment mm. industry 
Mm. But we were talking before a podcast that I, despite being a keen gamer, I bulk at the prices of games. Mm. Because quite often now as well, you don't know if how long the game's going to be. Sometimes they're horrendously short. And equally, the worst thing that a lot of games are sort of rising up against, you know, microtransactions, mm. where you play the game and then you have to buy other stuff. You don't have to, but it will make it significantly better game if you spend extra money to get stuff. Yeah. And I won't do that because it's like, you know, I'm, I bought the game. And I get when they bring out additional missions, when the game's been out for a couple of years and they bring out extra content, yeah. then you might say, fair enough. But there's been cases where, and I won't name the games, but games have come out and literally on the day they've come out, they've released additional content. And then you say, well, that should have been in the game. That should mm. be on the disc with the game. Oh. No. Mm. It's almost like they're waiting, isn't it? It's like let's mm. let's wait and then we can we can release mm. it. Oh, well, I'm sure there is some of that, and I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying that's the case in all of them, but I think that there's been more and more now. People are in gamers are more averse to paying for that extra stuff, and they want it to feel worth it. So you know, like there's some games where it's like you can spend real cash, physical money on buying some armor for your horse in the <laughs> game. It's like well, and not even necessarily powerful arm just armor that makes your horse look fly well i mean who, who wouldn't want a fly looking horse? fly looking horse <laughs> and it's like seriously really but really that, that's the thing isn't it with um games like the ones that on the, the facebook games like candy crush and stuff mm. where people you go oh it's a free game but then you kind of think oh if i pay for this or pay for that mm. you, you know I'll, I'll have more fun and i think Ultimately, people can pay hundreds of pounds mm. without really realising it, compared to if you actually bought the bought a mm. game. But, um, and they make it quite small amounts as well, don't yeah. they? So, like, I don't know, but I'm guessing probably like the price of the cheapest app. Sometimes they start like seventy p. Yeah, and they, I mean, there's content you can download for these games where they'll go, oh, that is, it's you know eighty nine p. But then on the same thing, there's also content you can buy that's literally twenty five thirty pounds, what? which is another game. There was somebody my my partner knows who she was playing Candy Crush and she left her phone on the kitchen table and had to go off and do something. When she came back, her daughter had spent a hundred pounds <gasps> <laughs> buying sweeties on Candy Crush. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Oh goodness me! Oh. but it's just like just wait do you know what I mean just and it is I do get it because I you know I know people that have spent a significant amount of money on Candy Crush mm. who would say oh you're crazy for spending 40 pound on a game yeah. I can't believe you went to a shop and bought a game at that price and they spent like 50 quid on Candy Crush do you know what I mean on hammers yeah. lollipop hammers on Candy Crush because I, I used to I used to play um you know the hidden object games yes but I find I find them weirdly soothing sometimes yeah. and so and so I'd play them and there was one that was like you're you're a fashion designer in Paris but it was all like sort of like fifties and sixties Paris and it was really yeah. it, was, it was gorgeous to look at but because you had to do the thing where you had to keep upgrading your design studio yeah. yeah. You, to open up extra levels and I got to the point where to, you had to keep playing the same levels over and over and, oh, and I was like oh, this is really annoying I thought I could either pay the money or just give up and I thought I think I'll give up <laughs> oh, I just give up as well yeah I think it's when you're aware once you become aware that you're being fleeced yes that you know it, if a game starts to feel like work it's time to stop playing that game mm -hmm. and we all have that thing and I've done it where you buy a game and it's the best thing ever 
yeah. and you play and play and play and then you put it away one day and you never ever take it out again but yeah. you've it's never felt like well, usually for me that's because i've got a new game and i buy games very infrequently as you know mm. but if i've got a game and i'm enjoying it i can just spend hours and hours i mean hour, you know whoa, significant amounts of life playing the game <laughs> like significant amounts of my life but it's something that i love to do exactly so it's it's the same as if you were going to spend hours watching a film yeah and I was but I equally, a i'll go through a phase where i don't play a game for i can put my you know not put it away literally but not turn my console on for two or three months but that usually comes at the end of an extremely you know dedicated few months of gaming i have a very sad thing to admit about intense gaming me and my little brother now my little brother has downs and mm. so he loved he loved playing i don't think he plays anymore but he loved playing his Wii it, and that's yeah w-i-i okay um because obviously if you've got issues it's easy it's, it's fairly straightforward to play you just wave your arms around and, and you can play mm-hmm. and um we were playing Wii at shrek on the Wii, mm. and, and i played it so intensely for a whole weekend with my little brother that i got a blister on my thumb Ow! <laughs> i got a blister on my thumb oh what game was it i think it was an assassin's creed game and even though i knew i had a blister I was like, must play more, must fight pain to play Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's like, what? what was I thinking? What? <laughs> Ouch. But I, yeah, gaming, I, lo- I love to game. I love to. And I think we is, we were talking before we started recording that for me, we is that same thing as it being relatively easy to pick up and play. Yeah. But I think as, you know, as we came very, became very, very big very quickly and died off. Because I think that's the same thing. And this is no reflection on people that aren't into gaming. But I think it's that same thing that those same people picked it up, played it, enjoyed it. And then because it's not something they're really into, it wouldn't be in their nature necessarily to go into a shop and go buy a new game. Yeah. That you play the games you got with it. Like everyone was playing Wii Sports Resort. Do you remember Wii Resort? Oh, yeah. And then they didn't really buy any more games or they got that fitness, Wii Fitness, the board, which is you remember mm. at one point you just couldn't get full of the money. No. But it's not something, if you're not a gamer, as we were saying before, it's not something I think that would make you into a gamer. But it was so unreliable as well at registering movement sometimes. But I remember the Wii, Wii Sports and the bowling one. And oh. like you're standing in front of the telly and you know, you've got your friends there and they're literally like swinging and it is not seeing it. And instead of it being a relaxing thing, people are like, but I'm doing it. Oh, I re- yes, I remember that because it was all that thing of, of, of it, it was telling you how to do it and you're going, that's what I'm doing. Why are you yeah. not working? And, and it also, tells this you music's really... getting annoying patient way but that feels even more judgy yeah judging me i'm trying to relax and you're making me feel like i can't even bowl an imaginary bowling ball <laughs> it's going you are so inept you can't even bowl an imaginary bowling ball see, see i really like the, the 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 bicycle riding the bicycle around the mountain level and i, I really mm. like that and i really enjoyed it and i was like oh look there's the lighthouse and there's the forest and i'm um, in the tunnel and I, I used to really enjoy it but i got to a certain mm. level on it where you had to go and collect all the flags around the route and there was a map mm showing you where each flag was and i couldn't get the last flag oh. even though i was on top of it as far as the map was concerned i was like it's not here where is it oh, that's I no fun got annoyed so <laughs> that's no fun that's at all so close so which is why i was saying to you that i really like free roaming games like elder scrolls things like that because you can just wander mm. about Mm. and if you want to do the game you can do that but equally you can just wander about like red dead redemption you can i've spent many hours just riding a horse around looking at scenery obviously to the extent that i thought a real squirrel was a computer squirrel because <laughs> <laughs> there's that is the thing with the computer games we played when we were younger and things like live and let die or paperboy where it's like 
paperboy would go, keep going along and there'd be roads off to the left, but you couldn't take them. But you, you always tried and then you'd, you'd try and then you'd fall off your bike. Yeah. But now the game, you, there are games where you can just wander about and I think that's really nice. Mm. But I think as well that for me, that I still love those games and you know we're probably running out of time now but yeah things like we talked about the snares before we start recording we're gonna you know we've obviously talked a lot more about other things but games like obviously the Mario games Donkey Kong absolutely amazing Donkey Kong Country where you're basically on rails you go a certain way and that's what the game is mm. but there is something to be said for those sandbox games too mm. where you can just go off piste exactly you know, and sometimes I, I think for me that games where you can go off piste and it allows you to do it and there's a reason because there's nothing worse than doing it and then thinking there's not actually anything going to happen. It's just nice scenery. Yeah. But I love the idea of games where I can just wander and something will happen, just some random event mm. that it makes it feel like a real living and breathing world. Yeah. I remember um, my brother was playing Skyrim. My other brother was playing Skyrim. Oh, I love Skyrim. And, and it was gorgeous. And he was riding his mm. horse about and it started to snow and then he just stopped. Yeah. And we just sat there admiring the snow because it looked yeah. so beautiful. So that, that was a really good Yeah. Thing. It's the same thing as, you know, like I say, Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm back on that. But that you can just be riding your horse, then you come to the edge of, you know, you come to the edge of the cliff or you come to the beach mm. or you ride up into the mountains and it starts, yeah, again, it starts to snow. And it is, you know, it's obviously a game that a huge amount of money has been spent on mm. and a huge amount of time. So it's a really, really accomplished thing. Mm. And it is, you know, it feels like a piece of art. And some people don't like games like that because they want more direction and they don't want to, you know, fine, you don't want to spend hours just wandering. Mm. But I love now that we can and that games are getting bigger and bigger. But that instead of just having a vast map with not much happening, there's a vast map and stuff is going on and you can just wander upon it and see people doing stuff and not necessarily interact with them. But you can see people working in a field or mm. people preparing their market to open and it gives you that sense like I say of being in a world that's alive mm. which is fantastic here's here's a question i've just thought of it's novelly almost isn't it it's that, that mm. world. of our stories that we've written which mm. one of them do you think would make a good computer game hmm. do you know i'm going to say the ghost garden oh yes because you could do ex you could exploring there's a mystery there'd yes. be scares where things jumped out at you there's mm. fights and action there's so i think it ticks a lot of boxes yeah that would be good i, I was i was thinking of the captain the cricketer because you could oh. have you could have levels like swimming in the lake cricket uh, game trying to find ooh. trying to find what happened with the trophy or all, all that would be quite a nice bucolic game wouldn't it it would be and there'd be lots of birds tweeting oh yeah there would oh do you know now i'm thinking maybe oh. that maybe we should do both maybe we'll, we should sit do down both. And we'll program them in for you later we'll we'll release them for no not really often <laughs> We'll add them to the show now. It's free games. We'll do it as an app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have it with you probably by next week. No. There must be. There must have been a really basic cricket game on like the Spectrum. I had one. Did you? Yeah, I did. Graham Gooch's Test Cricket. Oh, wow. I had that and I also had Test Match, which was a tabletop cricket game with a little... Oh, if you don't know Test Match, Google it, look it up. You My had like little... Oh, I loved it. Yeah, we used to we used to play that. Absolutely loved it. And you had to keep your green bays flat or the ball just like rooked all over the place. Yeah, it didn't work, did it? Oh, I loved that Clear game. Clear the dining table and get out to yeah. And if you launched too, like you could launch the ball really fast and it go flying and probably hit your little brother in the eye or something. Yeah, scare the cat. <laughs> then it'd be like, put test match away. Test match is going away. Yeah. Oh, it's gone in granddad's mouth. He's asleep. <laughs> granddad's lost a tooth. Test match is going away. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was like basically the Sabutio of cricket. 
Jess. <laughs> Which the world needed. Oh, Jess, oh, the, the memories come. That's, that's another podcast there, board game. That's, that's true for another day. <laughs> yes. I think, as they used to say on the old chat shows, time has beaten us again. Yes. So shall, let's find out about gin and inkwells. Who's putting the fizz in your gin this week, Catherine? Well, this is going to be a bit out of date by the time this podcast goes live. Mm-hmm. But putting the fizz in my gin this week is, um, and apologies if I mispronounce her surname, is Kate Miller Heideke, who represented Australia at the Eurovision Song Contest. And I was torn between her, Iceland, and Norway's entries, but I've chosen hers because she's up a pogo pole about 30 feet into the air, singing Popra wearing a crown. Well, there and you go. it is. I love Eurovision, and that is everything I love about Eurovision. So, <laughs> Eleanor, who is putting the fizz in your gin? Somewhat bizarrely, although strangely European in flavour, Maygrey. Maygrey. Um, every so often I go through a phase of reading Maygreys. They're, they're nice, short little books. Mm, sometimes, I can fi- I, sometimes I can figure out quite a lot of what's going to happen, but there's always a surprise, and I just, I just really like reading them. There's something very nice and... Th- they're great. There's something simple about them, but like complex at the same time, mm. and they're not, they're not annoying, and they're not, it's not that whole thing of, here's a twist you'll never see coming or anything I like always that. think it's, with Maygreys nice. as well, you can really sort of see and hear and smell the world. It feels, you know, definitely. you you are transported to France, I think. Definitely, definitely. And you don't have to have seen any of the TV adaptations to actually no. feel that world. So it is it is really, really good. And, he's, and, and Maigret is a fantastic creation, really. Mm. That that whole solid, silent copper, mm. and he doesn't he doesn't have an alcohol problem. Mm. I was gonna say he's not a maverick. He's not a damaged maverick. No, he's not a damaged maverick. He just he just gets the job done, and Yay. and and it's all good. And he just often just waits for things to unfold, and he waits for that moment that's going to mm. come, and then he and then he strikes. And strikes. Yeah, I I do right. like Negro. Out of the inkwell. <laughs> right. So climbing out of our inkwell this week is well, it's it's no change, as they say. We're still in our still in our sandbox world and enjoying it and just meeting new people and yes. getting to try out some things that maybe one day you will all get to read in the pages of a Curzon Hawkstead book. And just for fun, we sometimes stick in characters from from novels we've written and just mm, chuck them do. in. And they're, they're, they're distant relatives or long lost friends of yeah. the people in the sandbox. And it's just nice because then we can revisit visit those characters. And, and yeah, we don't have to think nice. up new ones. Yes. And we're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting for the, the final, final, final edits of um, our next Captivating Captains novel as well. We so, yeah. Right. So that, that will be coming. Heard it here first. Later in the summer, so yeah. there we go. And that's that's us for today. Yes, so it's time so it's time to unplug the uh, cassette the machine. Console, put Yoshi back in his egg. Yeah, charge up your Game Boy batteries and yeah. Oh god, yeah. Keep them charged. Keep the Game Boy Advance plugged in, or the battery will run down. Yeah. In there, sit that. near the plug socket. <laughs> yeah, do do do. So go off, enjoy, do some rescue, Princess Peach. Defeat Bowser and all of that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Find out more at our website, curzonharksdid.co.uk. And thank you, purple-planet.com, for the music. <laughs>